Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. About 75 minutes until kickoff. <laughs> NFL season starts. It's weird, isn't it? Like you, in sports radio now, especially because the NFL is so big here, it always has been, and now that we have the Raiders here, I swear that we just start counting down from basically the draft. Yeah. And I like all these numbers have been in my head because I, I, you know, I try to remember everything by dates. I can barely keep anything else in this uh, tiny brain of mine, but you know, it's just like hey, nine eight nine eight nine eight nine eight, and now we're here. Yep, we're, we're here. here all that time, and now we're here. Well, and like you said, out Vegas, the contests, the be- the betting stuff. Not only just the Raiders, there's so many things that go into football season. And for us in media, too, it is, uh, I hate to say it, it's the greatest time of the year. <laughs> Don't get so worked up. Big five time. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. And I really meant that for John because I understand, John, you had a glass of milk earlier, and if you start getting all excited, you might just uh, – Kind of defecate all over the set, so please don't do that. Right, are you okay? We have sh- life-altering news here. Are we, are we supposed to be doing this on a local radio show? This could get kind of morose. The, the, those were extreme accusations. I did not have a glass of milk earlier today because, Steve, there's a small chance I'm going to go to the doctor next week uh, that I might have. La- I might be lactose intolerant to a certain extent. I don't know what has happened. Um, this is shocking, shocking news. So my sister, or my excuse me, my sister, my wife and I were doing some thought process here, and. Um, and it turns out that, let's just put it this way, the nights where I have, like, dairy products, it's not a fun night for the family. How long has that happened? I'm ripping butt. A you're, lot. You're very farty? Yeah. And it's happened for a really long time. Is that all that's happening? What do you mean? Oh, like like in terms of my body? Yeah. yeah. It, has it ever Nothing been worse? Else, no. Like, it never really has been worse. That's why I think it's, like, kind of mild. You know what like I mean? You've talked to people who have, like, real lactose intolerance, Oh, yeah. Right? No. Like, I'm like, not, like, one of those. That like, sounds terrible. Like, the SO has it, and uh, so she watches what she eats, and then she's got some pills she can take that calm the effects. But uh, there, was, uh, there, there was a couple of moments where she might have had a couple of drinks, and she's like, yeah, I think... That cheese curds would be a really good idea. Let's get a second order. And then within an hour, we're like, Ooh. okay, yeah, I don't know what, what you were thinking. I forgot. Yep. And now you're on death's doorstep here. So, I mean, never people had, have it really badly. Never had cheese curds. Uh, and I never will. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. well uh, you may want to try everything and see what happens well, first. Really, what happened was, so like the other night, we got to a nice restaurant, and I get a pasta with a cream sauce. Then I come home and, you know, sitting there, and I'm like, wow, like this is really tearing me up. I'm feeling terrible. It's like it's like an hour and a half after we ate, two hours. And so we kind of thought about it. Oh, boy. Um, and it might be the case. So I'm going to go to the doctor and get this confirmed. But I will say this. Uh, this this week, I've been very, like, like uh, strict in terms of cutting out, like, dairy and seeing if there's any change in any way whatsoever. Haven't had the, haven't had the farts once this week. Not one well, time. That's, that's very good. I feel like this is all made for a promo. But this, is really, this is really happening on live local radio uh, and not. here i don't want to get you depressed but i don't think you realize how much stuff oh has like some sort of cream in it because yep. i i live this life i can pretty much eat anything knock on plastic table but through the so like i see like she's got to ask all the time um, well so there's certain things it's like there there are a lot of times where you don't ask and then something sprinkled on top and i'm like ah oh, god well, see, I think meals that- ruined I think luckily I'm not that bad. Where like if something like that would happen, I'd be fine, right? Maybe a little toot here and there. 
Um, but I, I think that's that's the thing is like if I get to figure it out and we'll see what happens and you go from there. It's just that like I get like bloated and farty and that's you know just don't like that. Steve don't like stanking up the house. Now my wife right, lately. Well, oh man, is that right? Oh, she, it's it's like it's like they left my body in a in attack. Really? That's yeah, crazy. Well, further admission there of the uh, she's the relationship <laughs> that that she's farty. She's been working. I think she started like a new workout plan. So now if it's just like loosening things up down oh, there or what? No. Yeah. What, what 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 happened to the show today? This is supposed to be for Fat Pack. People fart. Not for the big audience of the Big Five. Next up. Number four. That's a good point. You are a regular guy. You're a regular couple, and you're connecting with the audience, so I appreciate you doing that. I I don't give any of the horrible details of my life. Right. I'm sure you and Debbie fart around each other. Oh, I said her name. I don't. Actually. It's the first time I've ever said her name. Dream discipline. No. I don't. You never live together. You You hold it in? I, I walk out of the room. Dude, I'm telling you, I was some. I was drilled. My my dad was a massive belcher, yeah, like all the time, and he probably still does it. Uh, now he and now he's losing his hearing, so like he does, he doesn't even know that how loud it, it is. Rings through the. Phone. I swear, <laughs> I heard her say so many times that is disgusting, that I never rip anything in front of the so. And I'll tell you, going back, this is probably podcast material. Uh, there were times as a uh, teen, right. Mm. Had a girlfriend, would go out with her, would would hang out, you know, trying to, you know, get a little something, and I would leave, right, to drive home. And when I got in the car, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then it was like the entire, like if you had thrown a match at the car, the entire thing would have blown to the freaking moon. I would hold it in and then walk outside. I always walk away. You're crazy. Very plain individual in your own own home, though. Like you guys live together. (laughs) I don't. I don't like it. I was taught not to do it. It's rude. Not in your own home. I don't like it. Let them rip. Number four. We don't have time for the rest of the. No, I'm kidding. You send over these stories just to get me worked <laughs> up. Headline: Big Twelve looking for teams quote out west. What? What are we? Are we really going to do this with this new guy? What's his name? Yormac. Yormac. Are we just going to keep playing this game with him and Klyavkov? You know, little threats and pokes at each other between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. What is the Big 12 trying to do? Obviously, going out west is where I, Yormak said on Wednesday, would like to go entering that fourth time zone. He added that the Big 12's wish list, quote, a program that has national recognition, one that competes at the highest level in basketball and football, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit. One that doesn't have Matt Ariza recently tied to it. Yeah, right. Wait, so, by the way, San Diego State fans, when they saw this, because I saw it, uh, they're all fired up, like, which big conference, which Power 5 is going to grab us? Like, you may want to worry about cleaning up your porch there a little bit because it's been a little messy recently. Yep. Not exactly great for the rep of the school. Yeah. So, and look, this is the thing. And I think there's a lot of programs that are going to get super excited about this. Like you said, San Diego State. I think Boise State fans are probably, again, getting super excited by hearing comments like that because they hear prominent football and basketball. Again, about cleaning up your most recent mess. Let's worry about who your starting quarterback is going to be next week before you think that the Big 12 is going to come a court in Boise, Idaho. That, okay. I'm not going to go that far. Like, you got – oh, you're talking about Boise. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, going yeah, to talk Burmeister and the Motley crew at uh, San Diego State. Well, that too. Listen, I school should be excited that there's possible additions coming because it is the holy grail. Getting to Power 5 does make a gigantic difference, but – this war back and forth, and it's a war of words between the commissioners of both conferences. It's getting a little bit old. Yes, it is. So just stop talking about it. Add teams if you want or don't. Who cares? Football's on the field now, so we don't really want to talk about this. Number three. 
Dabo Sweeney signs an extension or a new contract in essence. Uh, 10 years total, $115 million. Would you like to do this or should I do it? Go ahead. <sighs> well, this is weird. Dabo signed on for 10 more years. Dabo, the players were getting paid. I thought you were going to retire. Right. Yeah. That hasn't happened. Uh, he said that they back in 2014. You'll remember that. Yep. When he said, uh, you know, who knows? They may do away with college football in three years. There may be no college football. They may want to professionalize college athletics. Well, then, maybe I'll go to the pros. If I'm going to coach pro football, I might as well do that. Well, here's a couple things. First of all, no one up here. We're, you know, we're the pros, right? Mm-hmm. Raiders, no one wants you, okay? And Herb probably hurt the cause of a lot of college coaches using the NFL's leverage. The other thing is, you make more money. I don't even know if the NFL can afford they can. Right. 11 and a half a year, but it's the hypocrisy of saying this was going to be some horrible thing with NIL. It's now here. The players are sharing in the profits, and you continue to accept bigger deals for more money. Show a little character and walk, bro. He's not going to do that. No, of course not. The character is not really something that goes is synonymous with Dabo Swinney, I believe. Um, and here's the other thing. I mentioned this, I think, last week when we discussed Clemson. Or actually, it was the beginning of the week when we talked about Clemson and the downfall, potentially. Um, I do believe that at some point, players are going to start to look around at what coaches say about these things and the actions of their programs. There are programs out there that are putting a lot of effort into building up NIL like branches and outlets and getting their players the best, the, the most that they can out of these. But I think there's also a reason why when you hear about some of these prominent programs, we talked, talked about Stetson Bennett and his deals that are coming out. We talked immediately when this broke with Bryce Young and his NIL deal that Nick Saban was very proud about. Dabo hasn't been really proud about anything for his players. And I think eventually that makes a difference. But he has toned it down. You haven't really heard him talk about players making money that it's disgusting. So he's quietly working with the system. Uh, do I believe players – I believe players can be swayed if you choose to negatively recruit. You know, if you point out, hey, Dabo Sweeney is not for you guys. If I'm, like, if I'm, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, for example, I've been pushing for you guys to get some of that Big Ten money. This dude back in 2014 said he would quit if you got some of that. You really want to go play for him? I'll tell you this much. In 17 years and 10 months, when Dimitri is a – Three-star defensive tackle being courted by Dabo Swinney. Not going to Clemson. Hey, <laughs> yeah. you damn right. I know what you said in 2014. <laughs> My son will never play for you. I got to throw something else in here. And media <laughs> loves to do this, right? Uh, Derek Carr signs this you know, big extension on paper. Really, the guarantee is about $35 million. But media likes to come in when someone signs a deal for like 100 or $200 million and go, man, that was a bad contract they signed. Like it, it, it's, it's lifetime money, generations of Dabo's. Can live on this now. Can I tell you? But can I tell you? A 10-year deal for $11.5 million a year is actually a horrific deal for one of the top five coaches in the country. I would sign two-year deals you, all the time. Do you, do you realize the money that is coming? And I, I truly believe that at a place like that or Alabama, that those coaches should be – just like the players are like, hey, give us some of the money. Those coaches could bend the school over so badly. Like Dabo Sweeney could go to them and go, you know what, 11 and a half. No, you know what? I want 20 a year. I want $20 million a year. Nick Saban, Alabama. Nick Saban, Alabama will give Nick Saban anything he has. Are they going to, they're going to really pull the plug? If he goes, I want 17 mil a year. I'm not making nine. 
There, there should, there really, for these college coaches, there's no limit anymore. If, if Nick Saban walked into the state capitol and was like, I want you to secede from the union right. and rename the state Sabinville, they'd probably like really consider it before they were like, man, Nick, like there's some hurdles. Can we just pay you more money instead? Number two. That was funny. I was really laughing. That was a, that was a funny, funny line. Hilarious. The Raiders offensive line by cap spending rankings is 31st in the NFL. Is that funny? Um, does this include Leatherwood, by the way? Because they cut him. Are they on the deal for him? I can't remember if they, he's claiming They him. own almost nothing because the yeah. Bears picked like, him they up. They claimed him, right? They okay, yeah. Them. All right, yep. If he had cleared waivers, the Raiders were on the hook for a lot of money. They would have no, been 27th. No. 31st in the league for spending on the O-line. This, this is, I mean, it's a weird you, talk way. About, you talk about throwing your, uh, your personnel cojones on the table, slamming them down and going, yeah. we know what we're doing. We see good players here. We're going with this. It's a weird way to operate, especially when – you would assume, given the staff, given everything we know about this team, the backbone is going to be its offense. And we're like, offensive lines have taken down better offenses before, right? And if that's going to be the case, like, it's just you have set yourself up for a bullseye in that if this season goes poorly and they go 8-9 and nine and Derek Carr's under duress and the offense can't get anything going because it's really poor, this is immediately what people are going to point to and ask, why didn't you put in the resources because this would have kept afloat this team in its biggest strength. Now, there are a lot of Raiders fans who are going to go with whatever the current management team is deciding the coach and the GM, who will also counter with, hey, listen, the ranks in the past, John, Mm. for pay to the offensive line league-wide, Raiders, 2016, check that, 2015 second, 16 first, 17 first, 18 fourth, 19 fifth, 2020 highest paid line in football. What did it get them all those years? Well, I mean, that's completely unfair. Of course it is. But that will be because there's a lot more that goes into right. a record than what you're paying different units. But they, did, they, they didn't make the playoffs, and they didn't have a lot of winning times when they were throwing a lot of money at the O-line. It doesn't mean you go all the way to the bottom, though. No, exactly. Like, there's a, there's a happy medium to strike here when it comes to spending. And that's the, that's the other part of it. You want, you'd say, an elite left tackle, which they have. And then outside of that, you know, center, interior position, whatever it is, spend money. But you want at least two really solid caliber players that are eating a good chunk of your – not a good chunk of your cap, but taking up a good piece of the pie because they're good players. You don't have the highest paid offensive line. you got to have some, some assets in there. Number one. If I requested a Bills song right now, would the Commodore 64 just start smoking? Oh, yeah. Do you think there's anything left in our system from the purge and the insurrection? The insurrection? Do you think anything go down? Any, any, anything is left? Ooh, there's there's different insurrections. Um, is there anything left? Like, could we get could we no. get a Let's Go Buffalo? I'm gonna say no. I didn't sing that well, but that's one of their cheesy songs. It has to be there still. No it's still come on. Nothing from Stephen the Sports Pig is left from 2006. Nothing is left from. DC and the Sunshine Man from Speaking 2009. Smoke, Nothing is left in the... the bills make me wanna yeah, crank it up. up yeah. This is risky. Keep going. I know. Do it. Do it. Hold on. Hold on. This is the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
nice, right? The, sure. But the best part of what's happening right now is Ari found it, which is awesome. But he's looking at me on our video screen, and he's like, I've never heard the song ever in my life. He's like, I don't know what this is. Well, I was. that's why I said it's kind of risky, because for all we know, it's going to cut, and it's just going to be like, expletive, or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's going to be something ridiculous. Well, no one put that in the system back in the old days. We, we still put clean stuff on the air. Well, I'm glad some remnants of the old chills are still there. That's awesome. The Bills. That was a terrible rendition, by the way. That was like the original song, except for like two words. Well, that's, oh, that's most NFL songs are no, just rip-offs. There's, no, there's so many good songs out there. So many that I have found in my days. You actually have found some good ones <laughs> when you were behind the board. So, are you hyped now for the Bills like everyone else is? You told me earlier, were you watching a TV show? Oh. Or did you see this online with a network where like everyone was picking the Bills to what not only – what, win this game or win the Super Bowl? No, Super Bowl. Super Bowl! So the NFL Network had all of their people make selections for the Super Bowl, right? So, like, the actual matchup and who was going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they asked Rich Eisen, Steve Mariucci, Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, Cynthia Freeland, and Rachel Benetta. Every single one of them, all six of them, picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. Is that, like, eight people? Uh, six. Six people. They're all going the Bills. All with in, Bills. In what I have said all offseason – and ASC, even if you don't like the Steelers and the Patriots, you have to admit they have a fighting chance to be, you know, nine and eight, maybe you know, high end ten and seven. Who's that? Steelers and Patriots. Like at no, the bo- at the bottom of eleven, twelve, or thirteen, someone could get on the dance floor and make a run. Not those this two. this would have the Bills at I mean by by these folks what minus three hundred favorite to win the AFC? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely because it, it, if you here's my thing. Okay, again, they're a very good team. But we talked with Sean Merriman earlier. And he, what I liked about Sean Merriman did was because he, he did everything that everybody else has done, which he said they got better in the offseason. They added Von Miller, and they kept everybody else. Like, okay, yes, that's true. They did. But you're assuming some sort of Madden-esque improvement. It, for those who don't know, Madden, every single year, your team, everybody gets like one or two overall better. right? It's just, it's just baked into the formula. It just happens year to year. I just don't really understand that. They were 7-6 and six through 13 games last year. Not to say that they're a terrible team, but Josh Allen has a new offensive coordinator. Josh Allen, who finished in the mid-20s in turnover-worthy play rate last season, does not have the same play caller he's had through his entire career. I just, I, we're, we're treating this team like they're the Warriors with Kevin Durant wherein it's just it's just assumed. It's Allen, it's the Bills, watch out, baby, it's all over. And I, I don't get that. It's the Big Five at Four, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. But as you learn playing for the Bills, some things are just out of your control, and life's not fair. Do you think there's any one person to blame for what happened? Tyreek, Tyreek for shot. sure. Yo, everyone listen. Wait, Tyreek, don't. Tua is like in Mahomes and Brady had a baby raised by a jugs machine. As I've learned very occasionally in my career, there are some things you just can't say. So what happened was the literal weight of expectations got too heavy. Broncos country. I tried. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Head right down to the Bud Light Lounge. Silver and Gold Bar, Bud Light Lounge. Getting ready for Thursday Night Football. That was a little weird coming back. I'll explain it to you. Uh, 
Bleach Report did a two and a half minute video. They do these yeah. animations, pretty funny, and they were talking about the the hype house during the off season. So that was Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, and then Tyreek Hill and Tua and Russell Wilson, and there was just so much hype with so many stories that the house just crumbled into the ground. Were so. the Bills in there? Bills were definitely in there. Oh, yeah. Yes, you just said they're the most overhyped team coming in. All right, we'll crank it up. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Cross my fingers. We're going to go live. You can watch this video up on on Twitter. We'll save this. We're rolling on this because we always have to save our predictions because the show has not traditionally been very good <laughs> at, at remembering picks at the end of the year. Adam Hill likes to erase everything. It's usually his fault. Typical mainstream media. All right. When you get called on the carpet, oh, I didn't make that pick. I didn't make that pick. Okay, AFC East. We're doing division winners, wild cards, and then we'll take a break, go to the NFC, and pick a Super Bowl. And then Willie and Adam are up tomorrow. Those clowns will make their picks, probably all chalky. AFC East, any mystery here? Can the Pats, the Dolphins, or you're very high on the Jets, apparently, from what we talked about an hour ago. I'm not. Can any of them challenge the Bills for the division title? So I think the Bills are the most overvalued team coming into this year. I think they're very good. I don't think that they're as good as the market says they are. Having said that, I don't think the rest of the AFC East is very good. So I did select the Bills to win the division. Okay. I agree. Is there a 10-win team amongst those three? If it is, it's Miami because Tua hits. Okay. I've got an under on the Patriots win total. I think they're due for a pretty poor season. So Bills could go 11-6 and six or 10-7 and seven and still win the division. Correct. AFC North, which is very interesting. Defending AFC titleist Bengals. Steelers. Ugh. Browns in tumult. Who knows what they'll be when Deshaun Watson comes back. And the Ravens. Last year was all because of injuries, right? Okay, your pick for the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens, Steve. I do think a lot <laughs> okay. of uh, I do think a lot of what happened last year had to do with injury. I think in the larger scheme of things, I don't know about this weekend, but Ronnie Stanley coming back, Linderbaum at center uh, is a, I think a, a nice piece to plug in there. At least it seems we'll see if that actually works out. Um, I think overall this team, if they're a little bit healthier, is going to be a very very good team. And I think there are signs of regression for Cincinnati. And I also think the Bengals. They were not as explosive as you actually remember them to be last year. They were explosive in high-leverage plays, but statistically they were actually a pretty average offense a season ago. Give me Baltimore. I'm going to go through mine pretty fast because we got to we got to go rapid fire here. My AFC North champ is going to be? No, don't do it. The Steelers. Stop. Steelers. It's not going to happen. Trubisky's going to work. It's not. Najee Harris is going to be awesome. The O-line's going to be fine. They have a really good defense. By the way, I forgot to mention this one the other day. How about those slime balls in Pittsburgh? Not only is the Raiders Steeler game Christmas Eve the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, they're going to honor Franco Harris of the game. My God, the Raiders. They got to have it rubbed again right in it. One of the worst plays in Raiders history. All right, AFC South. Colts. Titans. Titans stink. <laughs> they stink. Okay, here's the most important one. AFC West. I am going with the Chiefs. You, it's kind of cold in here. I feel an autumn breeze coming, baby. Give me the Raiders to win the oh, AFC Oh, you actually West. did it. I did. 
You did it. I said there was one glass overflowing person on the show. Let's do it. I didn't even know you made this selection before I said that. It's not Willie, who's usually a big Raiders kiss ass. You are a hometown guy with the Raiders. Unbelievable. Wild cards. Uh, My three wild cards are AFC, Ravens, Bengals, Chargers. So that means the Broncos and the Raiders don't make the playoffs. Sorry. Chiefs, Bengals, Chargers is what I went for my three wild cards. Wow. Steelers win four games in my reality. Neither one of us showed any respect for the Broncos. No. And you do have three teams making it from the AFC West. Yep. Coming up, NFC. Get in the game with the William Hill Pro Pick'em Football Contest for your chance to win over $1 million in cash prizes. Register by September 11th at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. My Offensive Player of the Year choice is Devontae Adams. I am a big fan of the Raiders. I am expecting big things from the Las Vegas Raiders this year. I think Josh has a chance to be a really good head coach with an unbelievable offense in Las Vegas. I told my son, my son had his fantasy draft. I said, consider Derek Carr. He not going early. Derek Carr could throw for 5,000 yards this year with that collection of offensive talent around him. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Boy, the nation loves the Raiders. Greeny. Greeny there. Um, I like listening to you talk about your boys. I don't ever want to hear Greeny and his fantasy football advice to his son, if that's the advice. Although I do think Derek Carr is a, is a very good fantasy option um, late in a draft and in auction drafts if you can get him for wow. cheap. He will have a good year. Although we pointed out yesterday, amazingly, at multiple books, over-under on his touchdown passes. I saw another one today. An offshore spot had him at 28 over-under touchdowns. You know, I probably shouldn't listen to Mike Greenberg before my fantasy draft because Derek Carr is the starting quarterback for Jonathan's dandy team. That was all right. This year in fantasy football. I actually went and got Aaron Rodgers. I've never had Rodgers before, so I feel like I could take him down personally. I thought Carr, I got Carr pretty late, though, too. So my when, quarter, he, when he goes. My quarterback rotation is Carr and Baker Mayfield, so I'm really hoping that Derek Carr pans out. AFC, NFC picks. Division winners, wild cards. Was there a shocker in the group? You had the Raiders winning the West. Yep. I got laughed at by Ari, who knows a lot about football, about my Steelers pick to win the AFC North. Before I make bets, I often, you hate think, that, huh? I often think, what would Ari do here? <laughs> okay. it's a good line. We respect your knowledge. Uh, NFC East, I am going with the Eagles. NFC East? Yeah, I th- it's either the Cowboys or the Eagles, and I think the Cowboys have some real flaws. I don't really buy into the Eagles. Like, 9-8 and eight could win this thing, so give uh, the Eagles. Dak with an ankle injury that just came up this week. Yeah. Lovely. I, 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 we'll see. We'll see if he gets through the whole season. But they rolled the dice there not having a real good backup behind him. NFC North. Fire. Vikings. I have the Vikings, too. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to do a really good job, and Kirk Cousins is good. He'll, he'll make him borderline great. I mean, he was the – Fifth best passer by PFF standards last year, so he's already great. My guy. NFC South. Buccaneers, Stop. you know, what? My, my guy, TB12, yes, Bucks win the division. Jameis Winston and the Saints. Dennis Allen and the Saints. That is shaky. Who? That is shaky. You know what's shaky? The secondaries that Jameis Winston will face and annihilate okay. on his way to a division title and comeback player of the year. NFC West, I can't believe I'm making this pick because I was going to play under the win total until they made a brilliant move. The Niners will win the NFC West because Garoppolo was there. I picked the Rams. 
I went safe. I think the Niners, uh, well, I shouldn't say stink. That is strong. But I did bet them under the total, so, of 10. I hate the NFC going into the year because I know there's going to be a team that's going to rise up. Because it looks like basically an eight-team race for the playoffs. But I know there's going to be a team from outside that's going to rise up. But I'm a pansy. And I took the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Packers. Like, I would so love to knock the Packers out, but those are my wild cards. So I went Bucks, Packers, and I very, very much debated, typed out, and deleted multiple times, and ultimately went against the really, really strong pick of the Carolina Panthers, and instead went with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm really disappointed in myself. So who's the NFC team that's going to rise up and surprise people? Could it be the New York Giants? Could it be Falcons? Mm. Could it be the Panthers? I think you name two of them. I think it would be the Giants or the Panthers. I think the Panthers are like – so I have my teams that I take positions on, right? Like I want to go in, bet on, bet against, whatever, as the season begins because I don't think the market's really caught up to how good or bad they are. Carolina's one of them. Carolina, I think like, – if you if I just gave you the skill position players and all of that stuff and told you, oh, by the way, their quarterback went 30-9 and nine a season ago and looks like he's going to be pretty solid, the, the Panthers have a lot working for them. Awesome giveaways and promotions all week long at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. All right, let's bring in the man, the legend. He's not a myth. Brad Powers, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's happening? Are you done brawling with one jabroni in South Bend about the Notre Dame-Ohio State pick? Yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, uh, it's sad. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, there's ignorance on, you know, people that don't gamble. I mean, yeah. people that don't gamble stand out so easily. I mean, it might as, you know, it's almost like the Scarlet Letter. So, uh, yeah, that was fun the other night. And then just lying, saying that you're, you know, you were recommending laying 17 in the game, and that's not what you recommended. Oh yeah, but... I should refund. I should refund everybody that bet, you know, on Ohio State in the game because I was recommending to, to lay 17, 17 and a half, 18 when it couldn't be further from the truth. Absolute, absolute, absolute lie. All right, big game this week in, in terms of name programs, man. You know, I'm a dog player. I like to go contrarian. I just. I feel like Alabama is going to just friggin' annihilate Texas, and I'm not afraid to, to lay this number. You're not going to get any pushback from me. I mean, look, my power ratings say Alabama's a little expensive right now, but I'm not. You, you couldn't force me uh, <laughs> to, to, to bet Texas. I mean, it's going to have to climb a couple more points for me to even consider, and even then. I mean, you're talking to a guy that played against Alabama last week. Got my teeth down my throat. So, um, what I did bet, I bet Alabama in the summer. I bet Alabama over as far as the total on the game uh, on the opener. But, uh, you know, the market agrees with me. So, uh, if you're forced to bet right now at the current numbers, I think you, uh, I'm with you. Uh, lay it with the uh, Crimson Tide. Brad, what, what do your numbers after week one say about USC? Because I think a lot of people see 66-14 to 14 and are blown away by it. I saw a Rice team that in three of their first four drives got inside the 15-yard line and scored two touchdowns against that defense. Yeah, and I mean, the USC had three pick sixes. And they weren't yeah. like, you know, they were kind of fluky. They were all like deflected passes. So, yeah, I, I wasn't as impressed as the market. Uh, with that being said, I mean – it's still 66 to 14, uh, and, and you know when Utah can't take care of business on the road at 
at Florida, and then Oregon lays an egg against Georgia, and then you just see the athletes that at least USC has on the perimeter. Uh, and it might be <laughs> Lincoln Riley might be able to win this in year one, but uh, when it comes to this week's game, again, huge disparities this year as far as how to evaluate USC. I took eleven and a half with Stanford. I laid five with USC. That was at the same time two different sports books had that line on this game in the summer. Yep. It's pretty wild, man, especially with you guys who are paying attention to these. You can get some really big situations for you. All right, let's go to the night game, uh, Baylor-BYU. Uh, BYU, now the Circa opener on Sunday was BYU minus one. Guys like you, I don't know if you got involved, but got this up to three pretty quickly on Sunday. Uh, what do you? What do your numbers say about this, and were you involved in this? Because I think South Point game of the year lines, you can correct me, I think this is BYU minus six in the summer? Eight. I took, B- okay, uh, right. I took Baylor at eight. I would take Baylor now, even at three, but, I mean, you can shop at Circus, South Point at three and a half. I think Baylor wins the game outright. What has changed in this matchup? Last year, Baylor dominated the trenches. I mean, outrushed BYU 303 to 67. Yards per carry was like plus three and a half yards per carry in Baylor's advantage. Both teams returned basically everybody at the line of scrimmage, offensive, defensive line. I think Dave Aran is the better coach. Jeff Grimes, the offense coordinator for Baylor, uh, it used to be at BYU. I think he's kind of got Kalani Sataki figured out. So I like Baylor outright. Better athletes getting some points here. I know it's a unique road trip to the elevation, but BYU's got a couple wide receivers that are a little bit banged up. And if they're not 100%, I'm not sure if they can really attack Baylor's weakness on defense. All right, everybody, super randy over what Anthony Richardson and the Gators did over the weekend against Utah. Circa, first to market on Sunday with a seven. That gets bet down. I think the low point was four and a half in some spots by by the time everybody reached. We're up to six now. What do you make of Florida and uh, now the second shot at uh, some prominence here for the Gators against Kentucky? Yeah, I I was one of those Kentucky guys plus seven. Uh, I would still obviously lean that way at plus six. Although, you know, Kentucky, you know, Florida at the end of the Utah game looked like they were starting to get leaned into by Utah, meaning that, you know, Utah's ground game was really starting to gash them a little bit. Usually I would say, hey, that's positive news for Kentucky that's leaned on a great offensive line the last three, four years. They've had good running backs. problem is their offensive line coach is now coaching at Alabama. Christopher Rodriguez, their outstanding running back, looks like he's still suspended. So, And they only have 50 rushing yards against Miami, Ohio. So I'm not sure that they can fully take advantage of that Florida weakness. With that being said, I do think it's kind of a flat spot after such an emotional win that Florida had a week ago. It's tough getting back, you know, up back-to-back weeks. I'm going to lean Kentucky plus six. Are the collective we buying a little too much into the win? I mean, when you have two trips that are gold to go for Utah and you don't get any points out of them, that could alter some stuff, right? It wasn't just that. I mean, it was like several money plays. Florida had a fourth down early in the game in the red zone. They converted and scored a touchdown. Like every single money play, there's two-point conversions. Florida Richardson makes a great two-point conversion play. Utah misses their two-point conversion. Literally, Florida went like six for six in money plays. Literally, point. it's either points on the scoreboard for you or or points for your opponent or or nothing. So, yeah, I'm not sure you can count on that when you're on a week-in and week-out basis. Brad, powersports.com with Cofield and Company, it's Brad Powers. Tennessee, six at Pitt. I love Tennessee. I know there's a little bit of buyback on Pitt. I'm not buying it. I, I loved Pitt last week. One of my favorite plays of the week was Pitt last week. I'm, I'm very thankful I got an early number. Otherwise, I'd have been dead in the water there. Uh, and I was even fortunate to catch those tickets. Uh, you know, I think Tennessee's going to attack Pittsburgh vertically. That's how you do it uh, because Pittsburgh, you know, Pat Narduzzi leaves his cornerbacks on an island. Last year's quarterback matchup was advantage Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett versus, uh, you know, Joe Milton. Now it's Hendon Hooker versus Keaton Slovis. Advantage Tennessee. 
and Tennessee was prepping for Pittsburgh and Paul Camp. Not sure that Pittsburgh could do the same, considering they just played West Virginia. So add it all up for me, SEC, baby, minus the six. Always a close rivalry game. Iowa three and a half at home against Iowa State. I think with everybody dumping on Iowa this week, I'm thinking they're the sharper side. I'm not involved with the current numbers, though. My, my numbers do say Iowa should be four, four and a half. I did get involved in this in the summer. I took 11 and a half with Iowa State. I feel pretty comfortable with that considering the total is 40 and a half. But if it was forced bet time right now, I, I think I'm leaving with the Hawkeyes. I think people, look, the offense was putrid. But keep in mind, South Dakota State, if you're power rating, power rating them and stack ranking them compared to the FBS teams, they would be power rated higher than 50, 50 FBS teams. So, yeah, it was a bad performance. But, I mean, South Dakota State's pretty good last I checked. Some Mountain West Conference spots, 17.5 Air Force against Colorado. Man, it seems, Steve, there's quite a bit of sharp money on the Air Force side. It just came in today. They laid the 17 with the Falcons. But are you kidding me? A low total. I mean, you're going to lay 17.5 big ones against, uh, you know, quote-unquote, the in-state bigger brother. I'm going to take Colorado. Michigan up to 51 against Hawaii. <laughs> The largest point spread uh, in Michigan football history as far as a favorite for them. Obviously, they've never been a 51-point dog. So, uh, I, I'm not there yet. I mean, I, I'm cl- close to, to betting Hawaii, but I'm not there yet, guys. I, I can't. I'm waiting for that key 52-and-a-half number. That's what I'm uh, waiting for. I don't even know if 52-and-a-half is the total. I still, feel, yeah, I still feel burned. I took uh, Hawaii second half against Vandy, and, oh, my God, they just – they just died down the stretch. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad one. Square chair. Looking for some action down the stretch. Brad Powers with us at Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. Cal's laying 13, actually some 12 and a half now against UNLV. Uh, sharper side, I think, UNLV in this one. Uh, Cal took a lot of money against them last week. That money did not cash, did not get to the window, but I'm here to tell you watching that game because I was part of it, it should have gotten to the window. You see Davis had a ton of trips uh, you know, inside Cal territory. You know, we had a defensive touchdown for Cal. Uh, UNLV, I'm, I watched it live in person. I get it. Idaho State stinks. <laughs> but there is legitimate power five talent on UNLV. Ricky White is not only a Big Ten quality type wide receiver, he's an all Big Ten type quality receiver, and he's starting for the Rebels. So I'm going to lean with UNLV. What do you make of uh, Hank Bachmeyer and the Boise State Broncos, 17-point <laughs> favorites on the road against New Mexico? I don't think much of the current number. I did lay 15, but, I mean, I, I'm not getting involved now. Uh, I was involved on Boise State last week, and it was, you know, obviously in a span of five plays, Bachmeyer, a senior, uh, throws two picks and fumbles a football. In five offensive plays, and I'm down 20 to nothing before I blink. So, no, no business laying 17 now. I did lay 15, though. Before I forget, also, we should probably ask you about one of the bigger stories of the week. Uh, walk us through what's happened with this Wake Forest line and Hartman's return now to the field. Yeah, so I did that Wake Forest minus six. Now, I didn't have any inside info at that time. I, I didn't anticipate, obviously, Sam Hartman to play. I mean, from all intents and purposes, you know, the, the expectation was he's going to be out several games. I was just betting pure numbers. I thought Wake should be laying eight. So I think Sam Hartman's worth about six points to the spread. So you're thinking, well, I mean, if it, Utah made it eight, he's in the game. It should be 14. No, I think there's some nuance. I mean, has he been practicing with the team? Is he still 100% fully? So I think because of that, you know, the market shouldn't upgrade a full six points, but, you know, four and a half, five points sounds right to me, and now I think it's right in line with my power rate. Down the stretch here, Brad Powers with us, bradpowersports.com. Are you doing something tonight with the Rams and the Vikings? 
Yeah, I did the old long teaser. I teased the, yep. the defending Super Bowl champs up through three and seven, took them plus eight and a half, tied it in with Minnesota on Sunday plus seven and a half. So, you know, through that three and seven corridor there, uh, so you can lay minus 120. It's tough to find those books now, but that would be my preference uh, for tonight to tie up the Rams in a teaser. Brad, you're awesome. Have another winning weekend. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. Take care. See you. Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com. Season special still up there, so take advantage of it. And you were pumping your fist on the teaser, so I'm guessing. That was the first teaser I put in. Six and a half, or te- yeah, teaser them up six, eight and a half and seven and a half. Rams and Vikings, the exact same one. Absolutely love it. And it's the long teaser. For those who don't know, you can get through those two key numbers. That is considered a long teaser. You can get through those. Key numbers are very important. The seven and the three. We got to finish out our predictions. Well, it's a good thing because we just talked about the Minnesota Vikings, my NFC champions, who will what? be losing to the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl. Wow, that was dramatic. What a delivery. I figured we had to be quick. I heard the music. We got, we got a little time. Oh, okay. Um, I am actually going with the Niners in the Super Bowl no, you're not. to face the Ravens. Ravens win, and Lamar Jackson is the MVP and is like, where's my money? Wild card run, huh? Did you yep. not pick the Bengals? To win the division? I picked so, the Steelers to win the division. Oh, Steelers, there you go. So I had Ravens the Bengals and Ravens. I had three teams in the AFC North making the playoffs, and Ravens make a wild card run. There you go. How about that? So that is of record. And now tomorrow, Willie and Adam will give out their picks. Hopefully Adam cooperates. They'll pick, like, Chiefs and Bills and we'll know, Packers and Bucks. And... What's your favorite win total bet for the season Ooh. for the NFL? I'm going to go, if I'm rating them, Patriots under 8.5. You can get it about even money at last look, albeit I haven't looked for a couple of weeks because I bet it already. But wow. Why? Their secondary is a mess. J.C. Jackson, obviously, we know, not there anymore. Malcolm Butler, they bring him in out of retirement. He can't play. Hip injury, he's released. Uh, they lose. Their third-leading pass rush guy, Kyle Van Noy. And the offense, I think, is a little bit of a mess there in terms of the play calling. Uh, on top of a really difficult schedule, by the way. Give me under 8.5. <laughs> It's a mess with the play calling. What are you, talk, what are you talking about? I, I don't even know. I, th- I think I've actually given up on like following that saga. Who is calling plays for them? Did we find out yet? Could be game to game. I think Belichick's going to do a lot of it. I think there's a point where you buy into your genius a little bit too much. I know. That's what I think. He's starting to lose his mind the last couple of years. I should also say there's a lot of indicators for the Patriots, like, like third best turnover differential, things like that that really helped them out last year. Those things tend to regress. Silver Sevens, great spot to watch Thursday night football in the NFL. Hell, all NFL, all season long. 77 cents. I mean, come on. Who, who has specials like this? It's incredible. 77 cent Bud Light bottles, Budweiser, McUltra. You get two dogs, two bags of chips, the big draft. That's seven seventy-seven. The restaurant upstairs is awesome. By the way, we do have a bet. We do have a bet. Give me the Jets plus seven. I will lay the seven with the Ravens, and you have to, or someone, I'm going to win. Uh, you will have to treat me to City Cafe. I'm getting those freaking chicken fingers here at Silver Sevens. Enjoy the opener.